Welcome back, DGI Multiverse. This is DGI Mark, and I have DGI Charlie Remote. Uh, this is Dad's Got Issues, issue number 33, hot off the press. Uh, second in our new weekly drops um, formatting. Hopefully we can get a little more detail, a little bit more into the nooks and crannies of some of these books that uh, we're going to cover today. And at the end, we have a good discussion on the DC multiverse or the lack thereof uh, moving forward past March's future state events. Um, but uh, we will start with some news. Um, this week, uh, it was announced that uh dc's next phase i should say um post future state in march is being um being called the infinite frontier um and we will cover this in more depth at the end of this issue um but obviously this is the big news out of the dc multiverse comic book verse whatever we're gonna call it now um for this week, uh, basically just stating that we're getting a new new issue number zero, basically another rebirth, another new 52, another whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, but it is out of the aftermath of the Dark Knight's death metal series, which we have briefly discussed about, you know, I've said it, I think it's, it's, it's a decent run to this point. Um, issue number six was fantastic. Um, another like cliffhanger to basically the it's the semifinals before the last issue. Um, so they did a really, uh, Scott Snyder did a really good job of making me want to come back and read the finale. Obviously I read it to this point, but, um, but yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but that's the big news out of DC. Um, some other stuff. Um, Zack Snyder has come out and said that if he doesn't get a rightful sequel, to his Justice League movie, um, he has had discussions with Jim Lee and DC Publication about potentially doing that sequel in a comic book format. Um, he said at the very minimum, he would be interested in doing some sort of like comic book work where he writes it and Jim Lee draws it, but for the death in the family, his version. Because we all know after watching BVS um, that obviously Robin at some point is murdered. Um, Batman has his costume, you know, encapsulated inside of a glass case inside the Batcave. Um, and obviously Snyder's come out a bunch of times and said, yes, Robin has died. Um, and it's actually been confirmed now that it's actually Dick Grayson who was murdered by Joker and not um, Jason Todd. So, like, uh, I mean, as far as news goes, that's interesting. Um but I think depending on how well the Justice, the Snyder Cut goes over on HBO Max, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him get a proper sequel to his Justice League movie. Obviously, it takes a lot of moving parts to get, you know, Jason Momoa, Gal Gadot, Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, all those people back in tow to do a movie together. But if Marvel could pay the people to do it, so can DC and Warner Brothers. Um, the Flash has named its new uh, creative team, Jeremy Adams and Brandon Peterson, uh, will be taking over The Flash after Josh Williamson's, I mean, just absolutely historic run. I mean, Josh Williamson was on The Flash for a better part of like three or four years. One of the longest runs I think I've seen modernly in a book, um, probably since Jeff Johns' run on the title. Um, 
So it'll be interesting to see how, how the new the new team takes the character post future state. Um, but uh, I'm interested in it at this point because, uh, like I said, I'm, that's one of the books that I've kept up with. Um, positive news for Charlie: um, Boom Studios um, has announced a third Power Ranger series to solicitation. Uh, in March, we will be getting Power Rangers Unlimited: Air to the Darkness, number one. Yeah, so I'm I'm wondering if this is going to be more like a continuation from you know Ranger Slayer and then uh, New Dawn. Um, that's that's kind of what I'm getting out of the the title. Yeah, so Astronoma is one of the most popular Power Ranger villains ever and her true origin is revealed for the first time in a one shot directly connected to the events of Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers. So it it will be a tie into the series that we're currently covering. We're actually going to cover today, issues number two for both um, series. Um, Before she became a Power Ranger, young girl named Karak Carone, Carone, I don't know. K-A-R-O-N-E was kidnapped by bounty hunters and brainwashed into an assassin known as Astronoma. So apparently Astronoma, if I'm saying that correctly, um, at one point in time yep. was, a, was a Power Ranger. By two of the greatest threats hmm. in the galaxy, Dark Spectre and Ecliptor. Ecliptor? E-C-L-I-P-T-O-R? Um, yeah, Ecliptor. Yeah. But uh, what is the Dark Specter's true plan? What does it mean for the new Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Power Rangers team? Blah 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 blah. Yeah, so interesting. Like I said, it's a, uh, obviously it's a tie-in to what we're already reading. Oh. So we will more likely, I guess, pick that up. Um, yeah. And you're talking like 17 different variant covers. Um, of course, that's, I mean that is something that Boom has done with the Power Ranger comics that they've they've done is like everything gets a variant everything gets a variant and not just one there's like 20 so and in mighty morphin power ranger five power rangers five we will finally get the reveal of who our new green ranger is that's in march so we know we got Mm -hmm. a little bit of ways to go um yep but yeah so uh yeah that's that um for for boom uh mark millar uh, we were just talking about this previous um to the hitting record uh, Mark Millar, obviously, uh, the dude's worked on a ton of stuff from Marvel, DC. He's one of the most popular writers um, currently. Um, and that's probably for good reason why Netflix has inked him to a multi-year exclusive rights detail. Basically, he's writing original content for them, original shows, things like that. Um, back in 2018... He was quoted by comicbook.com stating that I'm creating stories directly for Netflix to be used as movies or TV shows, but some of them are going to be comic books as well um, to following the same stories in design Bibles. Um, he said he's not, obviously he doesn't own the properties, um, but he's going to, he's on the staff and he's going to work and do them in house um, because he lo- like, I mean, obviously he's popular because of comics. Um, so any of the work that he likes, that he like he has a specific inkling to or liking to um he's working directly with netflix to also turn them into comic book adaptations um and if you think about it it kind of makes sense because you have shows like stranger things that were extremely popular television wise like on netflix and as a streaming service that then became comic book franchises as well um you can go and pick up stranger things from i believe either idw or boom one one of the Independent companies has the rights to it right now. But um, 
he basically teased in 2018 that he was going to basically put together an all-star lineup of artists to work with on these varying different titles. Um, and this past week he shared via Twitter, basically a early Christmas present to all his fans of the 2021, 2022 publishing slate and who he was going to be working with, with some names as well known as Frank quietly to, um, uh, Mateo Scalara, who's currently working on Batman white Knight presents, uh, Harley Quinn, which we're going to cover in a future issue on here. Tommy Lee Edwards, who worked on mother panic, um, some other names that you might recognize, uh, Oliver, I, I always mess this last name up, C-O-I-P-I-E-L, Colipiel, I apologize, I, I know I butchered that, uh, works on House of M, um, Stuart uh, Imonen, I-M-M-O-N-E-N, I'm convinced that you can't be a comic book writer or artist without having a difficult last name to pronounce. Uh, he worked on Sp- The Amazing Spider-Man. So he's picked up quite the quite the artist roster to work on some of these books. And he's also got a, a secret DC Marvel superstar that he's, he, he hasn't released the name of. Maybe it's somebody that he, due to contracts or whatever he can't until the bush, book is published. But uh, obviously, he other than uh, Jupiter's Legacy, which is, I guess, the first show that he's written to come to pilot and come to the production for Netflix. Um, I don't, I don't really know what else, like, you don't know what the books are going to be. You just know he's attached to it with these artists. Um, so obviously if you're a Mark Millar fan, you know, strap up, you're going to have a lot of independent books that you can go grab by just written by him, but that's a shit ton of work. I mean, you're talking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 artists I don't know if he's going to have 10 series that he's trying to do or if it's just 10 artists associated with multiple property. You know what I mean? Like it might be three artists working on the same book at different times or is it, you know what I mean? Is there going to be 10 different individual pro that's a lot of fucking books Yeah, for, for one guy to write on top of writing for studios. And you know, it, this smells like Jeff Johns written all over it. Uh, but I digress. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as far as comic book news goes, I think that kind of covers everything um, as far as what's come out about this week. Um, yeah, and we'll get into we'll get into some of these reveals and things like that in a little bit. So uh, we'll jump into our reviews for the week. Uh, we'll, we're going to start with uh, Mighty Morphin and then uh, Power Rangers as well. Um, both issues number two. Uh, I'll let Charlie give his thoughts, and then I'll 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 bounce off of what he he gives us here. Okay. So yeah, so we got Mighty Morphin number two. Um, you know, not much has really changed since since obviously issue one. Uh, but uh, you see the the you know Lord Zed um, still trying to wreak havoc uh, with with the Power Rangers. Um, we're getting more uh more balk and skull uh story in this yeah. which i'm like okay that's fine like it's i mean they're they are part of the the power ranger universe you know and and everything uh but we get this uh lord zed chaos putty that shows well, up can, can i can i interject yep, I, I think ahead. i think the reason why we're getting more 
Balkan. Name. Do the names again, because I, I fucked these. Balkan Skull. Yeah, that's what I thought it was going. I think we're getting their story more because I think Skull's girl is it is it Skull's girlfriend that that we're, yeah. we're like. I think she's a new Green Ranger. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, because because she, why, why are we so focused on this girlfriend? And why why is it, it it's they're making it seem like she needs to be saved constantly? I just don't under like there's a lot of there's a lot of story being devoted to her, and not that that doesn't make sense. Like obviously, if you're gonna have a like there there's gonna need to be a reason for her existence, and I don't think it's to make Skull look like a badass. I honestly. Like reading it, I'm like, she fucking disappears. It's that saying, you know, I'm not saying I'm Batman, but you've never seen me and him in the same room. Right. You know what I mean? I've never seen her and the right. Green Ranger in the same room together. Right. You know what I mean? I was, well, and, and, and that was something like that was rumored with the Power Ranger movie, right? Is that they were going to make the Green Ranger uh, a female. Yeah. And I'm like, look. I don't care as long as it, uh, as long as the story makes sense. Yeah. So you still have Tommy Oliver, uh, as the white Ranger. So, okay. So now there's a new green Ranger. If it's her cool, if it's not okay, like let's just make sure that it makes sense. But, um, yeah. So Lord Zed created a new, uh, a new type of putty, uh, called a, a chaos putty. And, uh, it is definitely giving the Power Rangers. Uh, it's definitely giving the Power Rangers a lot of problems. Yes, <laughs> and, yeah, and uh, and it's kind of like when when the when Lord Zed first shows up, because like the Putty Patrollers that Rita was making, you know, this goes back to the show. Like, you know, the Rangers eventually, you know, figured out like, oh, this is super easy to beat them. Yeah, uh, and then Lord Zed's putties came, and uh, they were pretty tough too. Uh, until the Power Rangers figured out, like, oh, I just got to punch him in the Z yeah. on their chest, and then they fall apart. Um, so uh, these Chaos Putties, they still have a Z, uh, but it's uh, the, the, it's just you know more lighting than anything else. And yeah, and they're they're very they're they're more advanced. So yeah, definitely. So what's the what's the 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 maker's name? What's his name? Uh, Finster. So Finster obviously comes to Zed at the beginning of the beginning of the issue, and he's like, you know, Matt, you know, Matt, Zed, this, these are the the putties I got for you, and he gives him like four different types of like brand new putties that do different things, and Zed's like, I'm tired of sending the same old stuff down, and, you know, they they always beat him, and he basically remake, he basically combines all these putties that he, he that you know Finster brought him and to the you know. These I mean suit. I mean, they're really they're really just putties on steroids. Yeah, um, and they beat the. I mean, they they beat the dog. They wiped the floor with mm-hmm. not only the Power Rangers, but the new Green Ranger. To up to this point, he's been pretty untouchable in every battle they have fought. Um, yeah. So that's so, very that that was that was the most compelling part. And it, like I said, once again, you know, obviously reading between Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers. Both actually did a better job this time than their first issues of hooking me back into issue number three, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I, I think that, uh, well, especially like with how with how Mighty Morphin ends, right? Is it's um, it's leaving you there with the Green Rangers down, 
Yeah. So, uh, well, not, I'm wondering. Well, not you, even, said, you said you know issue five is where it's going to be revealed. Yeah. But um, but not even just that. The, like not even just that. The, that the Green Rangers down. The Green Rangers down, and the the Power Ranger team is actually surrounded by these these. these right. They these got putties. set up. Yeah. Because apparently these putties can take on the form of normal people. Yes. So, which is, is unique to, to the putties, right? Yeah. Um, this has never happened before. So, uh, now the power Rangers, not only do they have to worry about like having to fight these new putties, but they could be anybody. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, and that is going to be problematic for them moving forward for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And like I said, I, I, I really, I enjoyed issue number one of Mighty Morphin much a lot more than I enjoyed uh, Power Rangers, and okay. but I enjoyed both of them equally this time. I thought both of them were were really actually pretty good. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I guess let's jump over to Power Rangers. Yes. Um, so uh, this one sees you know Zach and uh, Trini and Jason with uh, Draken on the ship. Yes. Um, trying to figure out, you know, what what the next thing is. Draken being the manipulator that he is, uh, you know, trying to uh, appeal to Trini and say, you know, like, hey, um, you should let me out of here and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the Power Rangers basically come under attack uh, by this. Uh, so, so the Power Rangers get to, the Power Rangers get to where they are in 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 the galaxy or universe or whatever we're going to call it. Because they're following basically this blueprint that Draken gave to them and says, like, this is how you... Because they're trying to get somewhere, correct? Uh, yeah, uh, because they're, like, they're still trying to, uh, you know, save everywhere, yeah. uh, essentially. So Draken, <laughs> has, Draken has his roadmap, essentially, through the galaxy. And... He, Draken takes him to this basically this void in space where Draken has to know that the Horde exists, which we're, we'll obviously get to as we continue down this path on this issue. But, you know, so they go through this and their ship basically stops. Nobody fucking knows why. Nobody can understand why. So they start to go, you know, try to do some ship repair, figure out things that are going on. And Trini goes down basically to where the generators are. And when she goes down there, she finds all these scratches and scrapes and things like that in the generators. And she basically calls back up to the, to the you know, the, deck, the main deck. And she's like, yeah, something's going on here. Like, it looks like our, our stuff's been tampered with. And in the midst of that, she gets obviously ambushed. And then, um, I guess, which is, what's their, what's the character's name, the, the robot, not Alpha, but the one that's on there. So uh, their form, their form of Alpha, you know, is, is basically like, you know, I'm, I'm not showing like, it. I'm not showing any signatures near you. And then all of a sudden he's showing like a hundred of them. And then he's like, oh, we have breaches on every level. So now obviously, you know, Zach, Trini. And Jason all have to, or sorry, Tommy, Zach, and, and Trini all basically have to go throughout the ship and try. They're trying to contain the breaches. Obviously, Jason is in his, um, not Jason. Um, sorry, Tommy is in his 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 cell 
Zach, right. uh, Jason, and Trini are all trying to contain the, the breaches. Um, but yeah, we're introduced to the Horde um, at that yeah, point. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's it's essentially like, you know, like a soul eater, right? He comes around, he sucks the life out of you, and yes. uh, that's it. And it sounds uh, like they also live off of energy as well. Like, right. Because they, they can, that's why the ship has stopped, because essentially they consume the energy from, from the power from the ship. Right. Um, and it's, and like I said, so we, we get to the point where we're introduced to the horde. The good guys are trying to fight these guys, you know, the horde off. Um, if not for the giant, you know, six eyed tiger, <laughs> Zach would be, Zach would be mincemeat. Um, Trini blows a hole in the hull and then floats her way back to the ship. Um, and Jay, they, they don't really give you much as way of Jason. He kind of, he's kind of just, you know, running amok, just run. He's basically running away getting, from, yeah, he's getting beat. <laughs> yeah. Getting, getting his butt beat a little bit. And then obviously the leader of the Hort finds, um, Tommy locked up and breaks through the, the cell and basically is sucking the, the soul slash the life out of Tom, out of, uh, Tommy. And Tommy basically stops him and says, Am am I worth it? I'm here because I want I I, I want to help you. So he knew right. what he was doing when he took the Rangers through that asteroid field or that dead space. He knew he was going to find the Horat and he was going to try and make a partnership because that was basically the only way he was getting out of captivity. Was right. he need, you know he needs to find a, a a a bigger bad than he is. To basically, one of two things is going to happen. He either thought this guy's going to get me free. I'm going to help him do whatever he's got to do. I'm going to make everybody pay, which obviously lines up with Draken's train of thought. Or I know how to beat this guy. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to look like the hero, and I'm going to gain everybody's trust in the midst of this. And now I'll be free in the sense that I'm tricking these guys. I'm going to go along with their ride until I'm satisfied, and then I'm going to end it kind of thing. Right. Well, that's the thing with with Lord Dragon. Right? He he's not dumb. No, he's not a dumb. He's not a dumb character. He's not weak, either. And anytime he like he shows any sort of weakness, you know, it's it's more so manipulation than anything else. He's doing it because he wants people to to put their guards down at some point. So to to kind of get complacent with him thinking that he's defeated. Only for him to be like, nope, nope, I'm still, I'm still an asshole. Yeah, um, like, and that's what I think is going to happen in here. But, yeah. but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, these two were these. This issue and issue number two for for Mighty Morphin were the were were definitely the the hook issues. I think at least for me as a casual. Obviously, you're going to read them because you're a big Power Rangers guy. But as right. a casual reader, these are the two that I'm like, okay, well, this is where the story actually kind of picked up and hooked me in to like, all right, well, I want to know what happens on the next issue. And there could be a payoff maybe in, in Mighty Morphin in the next issue that I'm like, all right, I, you know, I'm back to that level of like, if I don't read the next one, I don't read the next one. But, you know, like I said, as of right now, I, I as a casual reader and a fan of the Power Rangers franchise, I'm, I'm interested. They've, they've got me back, got me back into it. Um, Overall, though, like I said, you know, I as long as it doesn't get too mucky, like obviously we we just we just covered it in March. We're gonna get a tie-in. If they don't get too crazy with like tie-ins and spin-offs and all this other stuff, like if they keep it to, like a two-title run, 
where they're kind of run. They are running concurrently. If you if you're reading Mighty, Mighty Morphin, the beginning of Mighty Morphin is is the Power Rangers crew break the like the Power Rangers in Mighty Morphin are dealing with the fallout of Draken escaping. And then it was it was actually kind of cool because I read Mighty Morphin and then I read Power Rangers. So like Draken sends out the distress signal to the rest of the galaxy, like these three Power Rangers are outlaws. I want Draken back here on Earth in prison. And when you read Power Rangers number two, it literally starts out with, well, you could have done this with more grace and now we're, you know, we're outlaws, you know, with Zordon basically calling in every favor across the galaxy to catch us. So, right. so it was kind of cool to see the two of them kind of overlap as quickly as they did. But obviously I read them back to back. So, I mean, if, if you're somebody like me, I may just, that's might might be how I do it from now on. I might just read Mighty Morphin, then Power Rangers, because clearly there are some overlap in, in both stories. Yeah. Yeah, and but the one thing I think that's interesting with the two books is that the 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 art style is different Completely. between the two, and uh, so I'm curious if, when they, if when they do a crossover, how you know what's gonna what it's gonna look like. But I would assume and, that, and neither of the styles are bad. I like both of them. Yeah. So they both they we'll fit. See. They fit what they're going the aesthetic that they're going for in both 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 series. I should say, because yeah. Mighty Morphin's more like cartoony, but it works. And then, you know, Power Rangers is more kind of like anime-ish almost. Um, right. But yeah, like I said, enjoy, I'm, I'm enjoying both, both at this point. Um, definitely, definitely recommend picking them up. Um, yep. So the next two books we're going to get, it's actually kind of funny because we're talking, you know, concurrency <laughs> and lining up. Um, the next two books we're going to talk about are Tom King books. They're currently being published by DC. Uh, one is Rorschach, which I don't think to this point, I think we might have covered issue number one, um, but I don't think we've covered since then. And then uh, Batman Catwoman number one, which is supposed to kind of be, I guess, the, 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 the wrap up to his, um, his Batman run. So a lot of controversy with Tom King and Batman. Uh, his first, like, I'm going to say probably like 25 issues were super well received during Rebirth. Um, and then something happened. Like he went into like a lull, like the, the book kind of got slow, got choppy. Um, and then around like issues 35 ish, 36 ish, I, I could be off. Um, he started teasing the relationship between Bruce and Selena Kyle going to the next level. And then obviously DC does what DC does. Um, and they basically announced this, this wedding is going to occur. And we were like, okay, so Batman's going to get married to Selena Kyle, which, if we all know, the whole purpose of the Batman character is not to be happy. Like, he can have momentary, like, spurts of it. He can be happy at, at, a right. at times. But his, his character dwells on, like, heartbreak in 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 almost sadness to a degree. So when they were like, okay, well, we're going to give Batman, like, we're going to give him an ounce of, of normalcy by allowing him to fall in love and get married. And they teased issue number 50 being that issue. Obviously, everybody was super intrigued. This fell into the same trope that the death of Superman was. 
So back in the obviously back in the nineties, Death of Superman, everybody listens to this as a comic book fan. You know how big of a deal that was. Comic book stores ordered droves of that book. Absolutely droves and droves and dro- I'm talking truckloads of that book. That book ain't worth the fucking paper it's printed on today because of how many books were made for that event. And comic book stores were still recovering from that purchase order in the early 2000s because they literally came out and said within like three issues that Superman was going to, what he had survived. They basically ruined the death of Superman within an issue or two. Well, DC took it another step further with the wedding by deciding, well, we're not even going to wait for the book to be published to ruin it for you. They literally came out two weeks prior in the New York Times and said that this wedding wasn't going to happen. Basically, the wedding was just as big to do to get book orders up because Batman was selling so poorly. And they didn't say it in those in that direct terms, but if you talk to any comic book store owner who had made their, their purchase order the two weeks prior to that New York Times order, they all did the same thing they did with, with Death of Superman. They ordered that book because people were so interested in it. And I've talked to multiple shop owners that have all said the same thing. They were like, we were getting phone calls from people who hadn't collected comics in years that heard that there was going to be a Batman getting married to Catwoman issue, and they, people were interested in it. And then when the New York Times came out and basically did this interview with the DC editor or whoever it was at the time, and they basically said, yeah, well, you know, we can't actually let him get married kind of thing. The fucking, the floor fell out. And it not only fell out for, for, for the book in the series and when it fell out for Tom King, because I've, I've met Tom King on numerous occasions. I've gotten a ton of the books signed by him. He's a really good guy. He does a lot of signings down here at third eye because he's local to DC, but when, you know, I went and talked with him, it was a Baltimore Comic-Con, he was doing a signing, and I asked him, you know, how everything was going, because obviously I've seen him a couple of times, he recognizes Steven, because Steven's usually with me, a good friend of mine, um, he works a lot of cons, and he, I basically asked him how things were going, he's like, man, he's like, he's like, I never thought we would get the backlash that we got for, do- for not doing the wedding. He's like, I thought that's what people would have event- essentially wanted, he's like, but I just didn't think that this was like... You know, he's like, he came out and said he had to hire bodyguards. He was getting death threats. Obviously, it's it's unnecessary over a comic book, but you feel bad for the guy. You're like, Jesus Christ! Like, I get like you might not have liked his, liked his run, but it wasn't his fault that that DC's editor came out and basically pulled the rug out from underneath of him in in the book. And the surprise that, like, yes, the wedding didn't happen. Because if you read issue number fifty, it's not a bad book, and the build up to it was actually pretty good. But because you knew what was going to happen, you were kind of like pissed off, I guess, or disappointed. You're like, well, that was just a giant waste of six, six or seven issues. And it yeah, did. Well, that, that's the thing, man, like with, with weddings and stuff, depending on the character too. Yeah. But something like this, it's like, it's just like a wrestling wedding, right? Like it's yeah. not going to go off without a hitch. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when you, when you look at all parties involved, you know that something's up. Yeah. So and and it was like I said. So Tom was supposed to write through issue number one hundred of Batman. He was supposed to write issue one hundred because um, I asked him way early on. So basically, when he started Rebirth, he I, the first time I met him was probably issue fifteen, sixteen ish, and then we went to DC and DC. And by that time, I think he was up to like issue twenty five, twenty six. And I basically asked him. I said, "How long are you going to write?" Th-? I'm like, "I'm like you've been on Batman for a little while now," which is was abnormal, you know. Past Snyder, 
Batman has saw Batman, you know, there wasn't any definitive end to to the King run. And he basically was like, I'd like to write, I'd like to write a hundred issues. That was, he's like, that's my ideal. And that's what he said at DC and DC. He'd like to be on the title to issue, like, like issue 100 basically. Um, and he had come out in numerous interviews, podcasts, things like that. And other things that said the same thing. And I think even DC said that like King's run would be around a hundred issues. Uh, well, that obviously didn't come to fruition. Uh, I think he wrote up the issue number 86 or 87, and then they had like an issue or two where they had some off-writers and they put James on the title. Um, and obviously we've been very complimentary of James Tynan and his work as a whole, um, but more importantly, his Batman run to this point, I think me and Charlie are both fans of. Um, he's He's done that pretty well. But obviously Tom didn't get to wrap up the story like he wanted to, so they gave him this... They're calling it a maxi series under the black label title for, and they're obviously it's Batman Catwoman number one is what we're covering here today. Um, and I believe if I'm not mistaken, it is a, so they have four issues announced as of right now. I don't know if that's all we're getting. But I believe we are getting more than four before issues announced to this point. Um, so like I said, we're going to cover Batman and Catwoman. And we're going to talk about Rorschach because it's, it's, a, it's a stark contrast on where we stand on both books, I think. I think me and Charlie both agree on Rorschach. And I think we both agree on Batman and Catwoman. Um, so what were your thoughts of Batman and Catwoman number one? Uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Um... It was the one thing like when, when I'm reading it though, uh, is the, the jumping around. Um, yes, it gets from, confusing. Uh, yeah. Like I, I did, I, I'll admit I had to go back, um, a couple times, like as I'm reading it, like, wait, what did I miss? Because I, I it's not, I, I don't have the, the paper version. I'm reading it digitally. Yeah. So like, as I'm scrolling through and reading it, like, you know, I'm tracking, I'm tracking, I'm tracking. And then I'm like, wait, what is going on here? And uh, so then, you know, you scroll back up and you reread the panels and you're like, okay, okay. I guess that ties into that. And then by the time I got to the end, I had to go back to the middle of the book to then reread everything that I had read earlier so that it made sense. So I, I felt like it was, I was reading something written by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Like where it was kind of all over the place. Now the story itself was still good. It was just, where 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 are we where is this going and um you know uh what part where are we seeing in this issue one are we seeing almost a, a culmination yes of the events and and then we're gonna see everything that led to it yes and, and that's and that's what i think we're, we're getting so I answer yes to both of, both of those things because I had the same issue as I was reading. Actually, I've read the issue twice um, because I was expecting basically the follow-up to King's Run or at least the continuation of King's Run, which they do give you. So they give you the past, the present, and the future. Obviously, the past, they tell the story of like when Batman and Catwoman first fell in love or fell for one another. So, like, obviously, they show, like, jo young Joker, young Selena Kyle. I guess Kat Selena Kyle was helping Joker steal something. 
And mm-hmm. he basically like, well, you're, you're entangled with the bat. Like, you know, basically he, he knows that they're dating or that they like each other essentially. And then we get the present, which is where we're at now, where, you know, their union is being threatened in the present tense by a lost love coming back into Batman's life, which is Andrew, um, Andrea uh, Beaumont, a.k.a. Phantasm, which obviously we, di- we didn't get much of the tease of that yet. But if you go and look at all like the next the covers coming up, that's where she pull she falls into you know back into her trope as her her alter ego, um, and then we also get the future where Kat, Selena Kyle is much older. Joker, we don't you don't get that reveal until the end of the the end of the first issue that the older gentleman that that older Selena Kyle is speaking to is Joker. Um, right, he's just. And I either I guess in makeup or in, it has a wig on. I don't know, whatever. But basically, she he is she's coming to him to tell him like, hey, Bruce, you know, Bruce slash Batman is dead, and you know, like she's coming. I guess to him to either set or score or whatever. I don't know. But you you get three different timelines essentially in this story. Obviously, the one that I think most of us are going to be focused on is the current story because that's the continuation of King's Run from his Batman series, but also the introduction of a fan favorite, I think villain, obviously the mask of phantasm is, um, is one of the, one of the most popular comic book movie slash superhero movies of all time, even with it being an animated movie. Um, so I think that's something we're all the most, most interested in, but obviously also seeing maybe some other stories of like young bat, young Batman, young Catwoman, and their their paths crossing early on that led us to the king run of them you know finally taking the the leap of 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 love and potentially into marriage but then also i i mean i'm kind of interested in the future storyline too of like what what's the what's the play here of of old selena linking up with old joker is this like right. you know is there something else going on here that we need you know we need to know about was she was she playing both sides her entire life, essentially, you know, was she feeding Joker information to keep him one step ahead of? Because ba- we we talked about this with three Jokers, right? How the fuck, like Batman's the greatest detective of all time? How does it seem like this guy gets away all the time? Right. Like so, right. like maybe this is King's iteration of that, like to explain why the Joker has been able to be the Joker for so long. Um, but yeah, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. And I actually allowed a review on a comic book page where somebody basically was like, "It it it's choppy. It's this. It's that." Like basically the same tropes that you hear when people critique King in his writing. And I was like, "God damn it!" Like that pisses me. It makes me upset because I've actually been waiting for this. And I read this review and it kind of made me go into it thinking but maybe maybe i need to start reading negative reviews so when i go into something and i i go into it thinking positive thoughts even with the negative review in the back of my mind i end up liking things more i feel like um but yeah so i thought the art was great so he actually did here uh clay man did heroes in crisis with king um it's another controversial run for king as well because it was supposed to be this bigger deal and i think people don't when people hear crisis in the dc universe they think like major event where king's heroes in crisis literally was a story about ptsd and if you don't know tom king was is a former cia operative and he's got tons of military friends uh, i even believe if i'm not mistaken no, Clay, Clay, uh, Mitch Gerard is a good friend of Tom King's and 
he uh obviously he's 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 ex military. Um they did a really good like uh PTSD in comics um panel at DC and DC that um I was able to attend. And basically he that he that they were talking about heroes and that was what Heroes in Crisis was supposed to be about. Showing the human side of these heroes and like the the toll that being a hero and seeing all this death, destruction and carnage and in you know, death and then reincarnation and so on like this the stuff that like we as civilians, like we know like if we saw that on a daily basis or even just like once in our lifetime, we'd probably be scarred. Um, but Heroes in Crisis just was basically a showcase of that. But Clay Man did the art for that, and that was fantastic art. Um, so same thing for this Batman Catwoman um, issue number one. The art in it was absolutely fantastic. Um, and it came with like 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, 24, 27, 28. <laughs> 28 variant covers. Um that's all yeah that's that's all that's all um so uh yeah i i enjoyed it if you if you haven't gotten out uh, i'm from what i take from charlie i believe you enjoyed it as well i don't want to speak for you yeah 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 no i i enjoyed it it was just so like you know uh like like i used in my analogy earlier right it was like reading a quentin tarantino movie right yeah quentin tarantino is one of my favorite directors and and so but I didn't go into this book expecting that. So now after getting through and understanding like, okay, this is what we're doing Yeah. now going into the next issue, I'm prepared mentally. I'm prepared for it. So it'll make it a lot easier to follow along because like the first time you ever watch, you know, a Quentin Tarantino movie, you're like, what the hell is going on here? And it's not until you go to go back and rewatch it that you're like, oh, okay, now I see how everything connects. Yeah. So, um, so now with this, it's uh, reading it going forward, it'll make more sense as we're jumping from panel to panel, um, where where everything ties into the yeah. the timeline. So now we'll jump we'll jump the aisle and we'll go over to the side of. This is probably a book I think if you're not in love with to this point, it's probably time to keep it on the shelf and not buy it. And this is the first time I think you know, we're on issue 33, so we're at least, what, 11 and 12 issues into to comics that I've, yeah. I've, I've suggested not purchasing a book um, that's being published. So uh, Rorschach number three came out last week. Um, I love the Watchmen universe, but I'm starting to understand why Alan Moore feels disrespected when people take his work and do other stuff with it. Um, the, I didn't think the doomsday clock arc was bad with Jeff Johns in the DC universe. I thought that was fine because it didn't really focus on the Watchmen. It just kind of focused on Dr. Manhattan. And yeah, we got like a version of Rorschach, whatever. But that story had a bigger purpose. I didn't mind the TV series from HBO. I thought that was beautifully done. And the fact that they were like, no, this is a one and done. We're not doing another season of it. Shows that there was a level of respect to that medium of art that is the Watchmen. And then they announced this Tom King run. And I was inevitably excited because it's Rorschach. And then I saw Jorge Fornes is 
doing the art for it. And the art is the best thing about this book. That's the, the yeah. The art is great. Yeah. This it's and, and I know you're leading up to it, so uh, yeah. I'll, I, I, and I won't steal your thunder. So go ahead. It, it, and, and, <laughs> and like I said, Fornes is doing the art, and it's great. And it's in that twelve panel, large splash page, like normal Watchmen formatting. But the fucking story is so fucking just. It's dry. It's drier than the Sahara Desert. I said this to Charlie earlier through text. This fucking book is like watching C-SPAN with no volume on. That's how (laughs) fucking bored I am reading this book. And I say what you want about me. Maybe I'm not intellectually intelligent enough to understand the tropes inside of the inside cover to cover of, of this Rorschach series to this point, but. The fucking Laurel Cummings character, the kid, is fucking boring. Whoever they have behind the Rorschach mask literally does fucking nothing to advance the story other than three or four words an issue, which I get Rorschach is a man of few words. He always was, and this isn't this isn't our Rorschach, so to speak, that we're all right. in love with. It's somebody playing the Rorschach fucking role. But fucking Lord, this third issue, I'm like, where the fuck are we? What are we doing? Like, I get it. They were trying to explain to us, like, who Laurel Cummings was, who the kid was, how she grew up, why she's like the way she is. But she's fucking dead. They killed her in the first issue. So why do I fucking care who she is? You've teased to me that Rorschach is alive still. He's the one that gave the marching orders, like the actual Rorschach. So, like, I'm just like, when do we actually get into some shit that makes fucking sense? Well, and 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 then it's like, you know, you're looking at it, right? You're watching it, or not watching it, but you're reading Reading it. it. And you're just like, because initially, like, I'm like, where are we? Like, what (laughs) year is it? Because it's the way that they're drawn, it makes you feel like it's like 1975. Yes. And, and, but then you're like, then you realize like, oh no, no, it's right now. Okay. Yeah. They talk, the f- but does but, it look like everybody's from 1975? But I don't get it. But then, <laughs> like, you, but then you talk, they talk about 1903 and the minor collapse right. and all this other bullshit. And then like her dad's like, yeah, you know, your mom was saying that shit before I shot and killed her. Because of the squids taking over her mind. Her dad was just fucking right. crazy. Clearly he was right. fucking insane. Because at the end she's like, oh, the squids have my mind, but I can't, I can't shoot myself, so I need you to shoot me. But then put the gun in my hand so it looks like a suicide. And, like, she yeah. just... But pause. Because she shoots him when she's a fucking kid. And then we right. come back, like, and she comes over and, like, kisses his forehead in full garb as an adult. And you're like, so you just left your fucking dad there? How is he not decomp? And he looks exactly the same. Yeah. How, he looks exactly the same. Like, how, how is he not decomp? Are we fucking time jumping now? Like, what are we doing here? Like, the book is fucking confusing. And I'm sorry yeah. if you're a listener of ours and you're enjoying this, whatever it is. We just aren't, we aren't getting it. Maybe you well, can. Well, the fact that you and I, because you, I mean, you and I, you know, we have a lot of similar opinions, but we, we also have a lot of different things yeah. that are at least how we look at the things. And for both of us to kind of come to the same conclusion, it was just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Like for a character that, you know, 
we 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 have established you know like we have established lore <laughs> and yeah. you go, okay, so this is, this is going to be a different take on it, Dude. but you're not giving me anything. So why is it called Rorschach? Like why, why, why are, yeah. what are we doing? Why can't I just get like a story? Like, I don't even fucking care if it was just a continuation of the Rorschach character trope or, or uh, trope is, is the word of the day. If you haven't realized that, but, right. but like the character, like hierarchy or not higher, the character Bible, let's call it that. Rorschach beats up bad people. That's his thing. I mean, fuck, just even in the, the 30 seconds that you get the actual Rorschach in the Watchmen movie, he's beating the shit out of the, the child predator. Like, give me that. Like, even if it's just somebody else picking up the mantle, I don't give a fuck. But that's Rorschach. That's what I paid, that's what I paid, thought I was getting when I was paying for this, this book or excited for this book. But to this point, the only thing I'm getting out of it is seeing Rorschach in print drawn by a really good artist with a roundabout fucking story about who Rorschach is or what his mission was or what, what the fuck ever we're even reading. I don't even know what we're reading. I really don't. And it pisses me off because, like I said, I'm one of those people that I'm cautiously optimistic about every book. I tell everybody, give it a shot. Read it on your own. Obviously, we're giving a review right now. And... My opinion, Charlie's opinion, shouldn't sway you from going out and purchasing something, especially if you enjoy a character. Right. But I think at this point, well, it, you probably agree with us if you're reading this book. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, you're not a fan of Green Lantern, right? No. I am, and, and I continue to pick it up, right? It, it, because it's a character that I enjoy. So if it's a character you enjoy, by all means, go for it. But if you're like, hey, I want to read more about Rorschach. I'm not a huge fan, but I just want to read more about it. Don't read this. This is not the book. No. This is not the just book. Just go fucking read Watchmen. <laughs> go read Watchmen. Right. And I haven't read the before Watchmen series that came out a while back that actually did some Rorschach stuff, which I'm 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 half tempted to just buy that fucking book. And every time I, ha I get the urge to, to buy this, I'll just read an issue from the collected edition. Of before Watchmen, but I've heard that series is equally bad. So maybe it's like the fuck it. There's like an Alan Moore curse. He doesn't like it when people fuck with his shit. Like he doesn't like when people mess with, 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 with Watchmen because that's his thing or V for Vendetta. Cause that was his thing. Like maybe killing joke was kind of like, Oh, well that's not really his thing. Cause obviously Batman and Joker exist. That's why Jeff Johns is fucking three jokers runs. Was, wasn't a complete fucking sham, but this is bad. It's just bad. And in my opinion, it's not worth the $5 cover price that you pay for it. Um, will I probably continue to pick it up in the fucking hopes that it gets better? Sure. I probably will because I'm a fucking idiot. But at the, end of the, at the end of the day, we're three issues in. I think it's only... This thing's more than 10 issues. I'm not. It's six yeah. issues. So we got three more issues. The fucking cover, honestly, is really worth the price. If, I, if, I, if I'm being this, this last issue, not so much, but the next three are pretty good covers. But like I said, just, but, you know, but like, you know, just like you were saying with Power Rangers, right? They have to hook you. They have to bring you in. And they just have. And, and, and they haven't. They haven't. The first haven't. issue did. You're a much bigger, you're a much bigger Rorschach fan and a much bigger Watchmen fan than I am for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't, uh, I don't have any issues with it. Like I enjoy the Watchmen, you know, for what they are and, you know, read books and, and everything. And it, the, it's not bad. It's just, it's not my go-to, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, 
but I was willing to give this a shot, and it just the fact that no, just, the fact that nobody has given like a. I mean, maybe that's what the before Watchmen series was was like a proper prequel to the actual like Watchmen book. But like the fact that we haven't gotten a more modern take on that, maybe just like a streamlined, like like before the Watchmen book like prequel, blows my mind. But at this, like I said, whatever. It, not worth, not worth the drama. Not worth the time. Um, if you haven't already picked it up, just wait for it to be collected. If you're really that interested in it. But if you're not, you're not fucking missing anything. Um, like I said, issue number one hooked me because they they had the tease that that the original Rorschach was still alive. But past that, we've gotten nothing. We've gotten fucking nothing. We got a story about some fucking old dude that lived in an apartment that had like Alzheimer's, and now we got a story about some fucking kids whose fucking dad murdered her mom apparently and got away with it um because he blamed it on the squids and then he blamed his own fucking insanity on the squids and had her murder him it it's it's like a real bad fucking like murder she wrote kind of story whatever (laughs) all right decompress from that so back into some more uplifting uh shit so to speak, because um, it's all shit in, in the end. Because it's 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 a lot of DC talk. We don't do a whole lot of like I said. We haven't done a whole lot of Marvel. We probably will continue to not do. Uh, oh, new Marvel news though. I did see Spider Man apparently will be getting new um, a new costume in twenty twenty one in in his uh, ongoing series. Um, but yeah, so uh, for our discussion today to wrap up this issue uh we will be talking about the dc multiverse because that's kind of what dc comics has you know become known for in the comic universe because dc was the first ones to do it where they split their timelines into like different (sighs) different paths so to speak like Obviously, right. you had Earth One through ninety nine or a hundred thousand, whatever Earth we're on at this point for DC. But you know, you had you know the JSA Earth, you had the Just Justice League Earth, you had the Crime Syndicate Earth, you had blah 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 blah, right? So, right. you know, DC is currently in the midst of a major event. It's not a crisis because that's usually what they, that's usually what DC calls their events. They usually call them crises. Like I, I touched on with Tom King's crisis here is a crisis. It actually wasn't a crisis. It was literally that was just kind of the name that he went with, which I think pissed a lot of people off because they were expecting like a major event. Um, but the the death the Dark Knights Metals series that introduced um, Perpetua. The, uh, the ninth metal, um, obviously the Batman who laughs and all the other dark, uh, multiverse Batman, um, went over pretty well initially the first run. Um, obviously the Batman who laughs, uh, is one of like the villain of the year and all the other bullshit that he won after his, um, his debut. Um, they then went into the year, the villain, uh, run this past year, early on, where uh, like Lex Luthor basically teamed up with Perpetua, and he went to every bad guy in the DC multiverse and basically gave them all power up, so that not only could they beat their heroes, count their hero counterparts, basically them winning would power Doom 
and then powering doom, you've got more, you know, perpetual will gain more power. Perpetual becomes more powerful. She takes over the universe and rebuilds it in her image. Um, well, somewhere along the lines, Lex Luthor allows the Batman who laughs into the fold and the Batman who laughs eventually succeeds Lex Luthor in the hierarchy and perpetual kind of makes her, makes him her right hand man. Um, and in doing so perpetual unknowingly makes the Batman who laughs like the, the, the biggest bad other than her. And he goes off into the far outreaches of the multiverse where basically she has no idea this is even existing because the dark multiverse is starting to spill over. And he basically starts bringing in over all these earths with all, like all the earths he's basically changed into the dark multiverse. So it's all, it's, it's a fuckload of info in a very short amount of time. I'm giving you guys here. If you haven't been reading dark Knight's death metals, um, it's seven issues. It's got, I think eight or nine tie-ins plus a five issue tie-in on justice league. So there's a lot of reading for this. This is a massive event. Like when we talk events, this is, this is pretty fucking big, but they're giving Snyder the ability basically to kill the multiverse. So DC is now basically in, in issues number six, well, really issues number five and six, they have brought all the heroes and all the villains from every timeline slash multiverse onto one on, on earth prime where like our justice league is the ones that we are accustomed to seeing, you know, Bruce, Diana and Clark. Um, and basically all of these heroes, all these villains are now trying to fight the Batman who laughs because he, in issue number six beats Perpetua Perpetua. And then obviously I don't know what happens in issue seven because it's not out yet. The finale, but basically the heroes start winning and the villains of that we know start winning. And at the end of issue six, it's actually a ruse. Basically the Batman who laughs distracted the heroes and villains long enough on earth so that the rest of the dark multiverse could basically make the jump into this timeline. So now that all the earths are basically in the same timeline, same multiverse in the same universe, who knows what's going to happen at the end of the event, something cataclysmic is going to happen. And Obviously, the good guys win because we get, you know, we're going to dive into Infinite Frontier and what we little we know about it to this point. But it's one of those things. It's like, it's very interesting because now we don't have, like, you know what I mean? Like, if we don't like something, they can go to a different Earth. You know what I mean? Or if they want to change a story, they go to a different, you know, timeline. But if they get a, if DC like gets away from that, it, it kind of it, it shoehorns you into one single continuity. And is that a problem? No, because I think it makes it a lot easier for us to go. You know, like if like my daughter wants to get into reading comics, I can just throw her into it and be like, right, "We're going to start here because this was the start of a new story, and it's going to continue for the next six issues, and then you'll kind of be caught up." So yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just it's really one of those things where there's some good, there's some bad. I, I understand 
where the benefit, I guess, of a single universe is. I mean, because that's what that's what Marvel has. And, you know, Marvel's continuity obviously resets. Like, they, because that's the only way you keep fucking Peter Parker at 15 for, you know, 100 right. years. But I don't know. I mean, I mean, we've gotten so much good stuff out of the multiverse. Um, obviously, everything can't last forever. But it just, it's maybe it's just something that, like, I'm so accustomed to as a DC fan. You know, having like the Flashpoint universe, having which obviously is just a different timeline, so to speak, of events. But you know, or like, you know, there's the JSA universe and and planet, or the Crime Syndicate Earth. Like, these are all sto- like these are all major groups, characters, storylines, arcs, things like that that occurred because DC has a multiverse of Earths. Right. Well, and that's and and that's kind of. So that's something I'm wondering too, like, you know, with, uh, and you know, actually let me sidetrack a little bit. I want a timeline where Barry hasn't screwed anything up. That's what I want. I want, I want to see what happens in that timeline, uh, where nothing has changed. Like, let's just see if the flash, if we didn't use the flash as a restart point for every single time DC wants to start over, what happened? What happened without that? But, um, you're you're you are you're gonna lose uh you're gonna lose a bunch of characters you're gonna lose you know an alan scott uh and uh you know just but we're not because i'm agree- but we're not because they're, they're because because of the events of death metal these characters are now in on earth prime like they're on they're on the main oh earth. that's right everybody everybody is there okay yes. so like okay but then so i mean this 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 will sound kind of shitty but like you know when we sit here and we think about crossover and you know the the characters involved there it's like what happens to all of those places that lost all their heroes like yeah. They just they just don't exist anymore. They're they're dead. They're gone. Because the the the, <laughs> the promo image that was released for issue number zero for Infinite Infinite Frontier, it actually has Diana being like she's like an om om omnimient figure in the background. She it's like a facade. Her it's her face, but like it's obviously faded into the background. It's opaque. And then the rest of the heroes, um, I guess that have survived the death metals events. Um, I'll rattle off a handful, uh, black Adam, uh, Superman, um, John Kent, Superman, Batman, the new Batman is featured prominently. Damian Wayne, Wally West, Barry Allen, Harley Quinn, uh, Catwoman, red hood, cyborg, uh, the new flash that's in future state, the one that's like non-binary or whatever. Um, Red X, which we know is a Teen Titan favorite, but this will be his first incarnation in comics, will be in Future State. Uh, Stargirl, uh, John Stewart, Alan Scott is on the cover. Um, The Black Wonder Woman, I don't know her name, I'm sorry, I hate to call her the Black Wonder Woman, but that is what she is. and then same thing for this gentleman, the black Superman. I do not know his name. I know he's been around for a couple of years. Um, Dick Grayson, Starfire, uh, Blue Beetle, 
Booster Gold, Black Canary, and Green Arrow. So that's the that's the and then Lobo's daughter. I don't know her name either. And Aquaman. And then another one, but I can't really fucking tell who it is. It's like a black and I have no fucking clue. I'm not even gonna try it. But yeah, so I mean, it gives you an idea. Like there's some prominent heroes that obviously survive or at least are being teased on this this promo image slash cover. But um, it will actually be written by longtime Flash writer Josh Williamson, the the Zero issue, but it also has a bunch of other people tied into it as well. Um, some names as Brian Michael Bendis, James Tynan, excuse me, David Marquez, Aletha Martinez, Jorge Jimenez will be doing some art, Philip Kennedy, Becky Cloonan, and more. Um, the issue will feature a cover by Dan Jurgens and... Mikkel Jinjin and a variant Janin J A N I N. I know he's a popular artist, but I just can't pronounce his name. As well as variant covers by John Timms. Um, but yeah, so but like my point is, is even in that cover, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's like eight Earths drawn into this cover. Like you see them. But like I said, clearly Death Metal has brought all the Earths into the same timeline. Same continuity. All the heroes are on the same planet fighting the same bad guy. I don't know if they go back to the because their Earths have been destroyed. Like if you if you've been reading all the tie-ins, a lot of the Earths, so like the Crime Syndicate Earth, Owlman and Ultraman and the rest of the Crime Syndicate, they ended up fighting. So basically, Owlman destroyed his own planet. Because he wanted to be the foil for Bat, like he's Batman's baddest bat bad guy essentially. And when they basically told him, like, "Look, your story ends the same way all the time, and you always come back. You die. Like, like Alman, you and the Crime Syndicate die as a result of all your actions and any other story incarnation. You need to die to continue to be Batman's worst enemy moving forward. And we do know we're getting a new crime syndicate solicitation or book or run or arc or something because they just announced the other day that they're making Hal Jordan black on the crime syndicate. And that caused a lot of controversy because people were like, you have a black fucking Green Lantern and Jon Stewart. Why not just make this? Right. <laughs> like, why are we just for the sake of it just making him black? Like, it doesn't make any sense, but it is what it is. So, but, uh, like I said, though, I don't, this is all speculation at this point. I haven't read issue number seven. None of us have. There's the last 52, which is another tie in secret origins just came out. Um, I still have to read that that came out today, but, uh, the last 52 comes out with issue number seven. So I'm gonna have to read those two concurrently. But like I said, it's just one of those things. Like, it seems like that's what we're lining up to. And that's what we've heard that DC wanted to get away, at least in print from, from all these multiverses, but it makes things difficult for them. Cause like, is are we just going to treat Black Label as like it's completely non continuity and Black Label is just the new new Elseworld, or are we going to treat like some Black Label books as continuity and some Black Label books as not? Like, I just I, I think I think that I think that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to treat them as separate just because the the main story arcs are for everybody, right? Like yeah. you know you you can't you you can't really tie in what happens in a Black Label book. I mean, you can, but, you know, for, you know, um, 
you know, your daughter or my sons, you know, well, the, the older one, maybe, you know, we let him, we'll let him read into it. Maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, you know, I'm not condoning anybody letting your kids watch or read 17 plus material, but, uh, you know, maybe I'm a terrible parent and yeah. we'll let that happen. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're you're not going to give it to your you're you're definitely not going to give it to your eight year old. You know what I mean? You're not going to give them a, a black label book and say, "Here, read this." Yeah. Um, to to continue along the storyline, it's it's just not. But I just think it's not. I think it, at this point, black label is one of the most successful things DC has done. I feel like every book that they published under the black label title has sold well to this point, or at least at least hype wise, it's done well. Um. But here's some of the new directions coming out of new out of uh, um, Infinite Frontier. Uh, unthinkable. This is this is from ComicBook.com. Um, these are teases uh, for each title. Unthinkable. Unexpected attack by Joker makes him a target of worldwide dragnet with ex-cop Jim Gordon in hot pursuit of the ongoing series, The Joker, which James Tynan and Julian March will be drawing. Um, Next book, spinning out of uh, breakout appearances in Future State Wonder Woman and Future State Superman slash Wonder Woman. A young Yara Floor, which I believe is the name of our um, African-American Wonder Woman, begins a search for her destiny and connection to the Amazons. Um, next book, uh, or next tease, uh, it's Orientation Day at Titan's Tower as Tim Sheridan and Rafa Sandoval introduce a new group of teen heroes, including the future Red X to the original New Teen Titans and setting the table for the duo's Teen Titans Academy series in March. Um, Adventures of the Justice League continue, beginning with Justice League number 59, now written by Brian Michael Bendis and uh, artist David Marquez, with new Justice League members including Black Adam, Hip, Hippo, Hip, Hippo, how, how do you spell the God's name? H, or say the God's name, H I P P O. L Y T A Hippolyta 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 right whatever and Naomi so I'm assuming Black Adam and Hippolyta is because of the fallout of this endless winter run because they are two heroes that have defeated the Ice King or whatever the fuck we're calling that guy um, in the past so I'm assuming that's where that partnership gets formed um, even before Future State uh, Wonder Woman ventures into the God Sphere, creating an exciting new storyline by Becky Coolen, uh, Michael W. Conrad, and Travis Moore, continuing in March as Wonder Woman 770. So I think she's going to ascend to a different level of character in post Dark Knight's Death Metals because she's she's the the catalyst. She you know, she's the she's supposed to be the tool, the instrument of of the Batman who laughs destruction. Um, and Jeff Johns and Todd Nock will be telling an all-new Stargirl story, which I'm excited about because obviously Jeff Johns wrote the original Star Stargirl arc. He obviously is uh, executive producer and writer for the Stargirl TV series. Um, and this is a book I think my daughter, like as she's getting a little bit older, this would probably be the first book I'll give be able to give to her and let her introduce, like issue to issue to comic books. Um because she really does enjoy Stargirl. And obviously, Jeff Johns wrote Shazam, um, New 52, but he also wrote the Rebirth arc, too, and I thought it was good. It wasn't as good as his run in New 52, but I still thought he did did well. I just hope he gets it out on time, because that was the biggest problem I think Jeff Johns has had to this point. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, obviously that's just a little bit of stuff that they've teased to this point that they've already announced. Obviously no, nothing in there said anything about Batman, nothing really about Superman. Um, obviously with them putting green arrow and black canary on the cover here, I'm expecting some word down the line of either a new green arrow series maybe, but you know, there, there's a lot to be seen with all this because like you said, it looks like you're getting some fallout from future state, which does, does that make sense? Like that we're like, are we, how far in the future are we jumping ahead in infinite frontier? Are we going back before future state? And these are the events leading up to future state. Like it's, it's weird to me that we're going to introduce yeah. that we're introducing characters in future state that you're telling me are, are happening in the near future or the distant future. And if you've read the, the future state one shot or like the T like the, just basically the preview catalog that they, they sent out a couple weeks back, which I actually sat down and read the whole thing. They give you a, a very detailed timeline of a lot of shit. And you're like, you're talking like we're going like 900 years in the future in some of these books. So like, obviously I don't think Batman takes place that far, but like they're teasing the new Batman standing behind the original Batman on this infinite frontier cover. And you're like, well, is he, is he Batman now? Like, is he going to be the Batman in the Batman series? Or like, are we leading up to him becoming Batman? Like, what's this? Like, there's a lot of questions. Obviously there's still a lot of time. Um, we still got to get through future state, which we'll obviously cover in depth, but it's one of those things that like, I was super excited for rebirth because we knew what we were getting. We knew we were getting a reboot to what we all as comic book fans loved. We knew we were going back to like original numbering for books, like in action and detective and things like that. The new 52 had gotten away from, they were going to basically get rid of some of the bad story stuff like, you know, black canary and green arrow, not being a couple or like Clark and Diana being a couple, like they broke them up and then they put black canary, like things that just make sense. They put back together. And then they obviously threw this, that little bone of, Oh, by the way, that whole new 52 thing was caused by Dr. Manhattan which was a cool twist to the rebirth start. Um, But I don't know what this is going to give us. I really don't. And I don't know if I should be excited, but it's definitely a cautiously optimistic thing for me. Um, Well, I think, I think, uh, I think not knowing is always cause for, you know, yeah, be cautious, but uh, I don't know. Not knowing is a, is a good thing, right? Like not having something spoiled, not knowing everything going into it, being able to form your own opinion. I think that that's, well, it's, it's, there's, there's it's something ob- good about that. It's obviously still December, so DC has a lot of time to fuck this up between now and March. Um, right, I would ex- we're going to know everything by, by, by January. Yes, uh, I, would, we'll, I would assume we'll, by February, yeah. by February, we will know the entire uh, Infinite Frontier story arc to include all titles, all characters, all reveals, because they'll just share it on their Facebook like they did the identity of Tim Fox as the new Batman. Um but Infinite Frontier, the one shot hits um, stores March second of two thousand and twenty one at a six dollar cover mark and seven dollars for the variant, which would undoubtedly be more than seven dollars because stores have been marking them up. Um, it's a sixty four page one shot, and like I said, I just I don't know. I'm I'm concerned. I like the multiverse. I think it's what I think it's one of the things that are is very unique to DC. We're already seeing it. One screen 
how successful it was done with the Flash, Arrow, and um, Legends of Tomorrow series. Black Lightning as well incorporated in there, and all the uh, all the fucking above, Batwoman, so on and so forth. Um, it's so popular, mentally popular, that even Marvel now is dabbling in the idea of a multiverse for their movies, because that's how we're going to get all these Spider-Men on screen at one point. Um, but like I said, I don't know. Cautiously, cautiously optimistic is the best way I can explain my ideas on new front on this uh, Infinite Frontier saga, so to speak. But uh, we'll see. Like I said, we'll give that. That'll definitely be. That'll definitely probably carry most of our 2021 coverage, um, especially if it's bad. Um, you, you'll definitely hear us let you know. Um, I think we proved that with our Rorschach coverage this issue. Yeah, um, which you know we 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 try not to be negative, right? There's yeah. a lot of good out there, uh, but if it's not good, they're gonna let you know that too. <laughs> yeah. So um, that about does it for this issue. Um, I was able to get to the store today and pick up some books to cover for next week. Uh, Department of Truth number three came out today. Um, I didn't even realize it. I thought I signed up for it, but I did not get into my box. Uh, Something is killing the children number thirteen. Um, as well is has been out so we'll probably cover both of those next week um batman uh, 105 came out last week uh, i was able to pick that up i wanted i want to talk a little bit about you know we, we had a discussion a couple of weeks ago uh does the mirror or ghost uh maker have a, a longer stay power in the series and i think batman with james tynan actually put that nail in the coffin this weekend that Ghostmaker is actually going to be probably the stand character moving forward. Um, he actually joined the bat family, so to speak, um, this past issue, which was pretty, was a kind of cool turn of events to be honest with you. Um, and he's, he's actually a pretty dope character as far as character design and look and things like that goes. So that's, that was pretty cool. Um, so maybe we'll talk a little Batman, get caught up on that. And then, um, other than that, I don't. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to. We'll have to talk and decide on a fourth book. Um, but we'll come up with another topic of discussion. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll talk some old school comic stuff, or uh, maybe dive into some other characters that maybe we haven't covered so much on um, this series. Maybe we can talk about why we're not interested in Marvel comics. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But if you're uh, if you're not already doing so, give us a follow on all our social medias. Uh, you can find us at, at DGI Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, if you have any interest in any books or if you're writing a book or a part of a series and you want us to cover it, uh, shoot us a message, shoot us a DM, uh, leave us a comment, whatever you feel is necessary. Um, but yeah, just hit us up and let us know what you guys want to hear. Obviously, we we talk for a little while in here, so we want to make sure you guys are listening. Um, but uh, if Charlie has nothing else, uh, I will let him send you guys off. Uh, obviously, from our DJI family to yours, if you're listening to this um, on Wednesday and or on Thursday, which would be Christmas Eve, uh, Merry Christmas. Hope everybody has a safe um, holiday and an enjoyable one as well with your family, especially during these trying times. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yep. So yep. if Charlie doesn't have anything else, uh, I'll let I, him send us. I home. do. I do not. Uh, and, uh, yeah, everyone have a Merry Christmas and, uh, we'll, uh, catch y'all later. Mark, go ahead and hit our music. <laughs> <laughs>